uh, praise God. There's uh, so much going on, but yet we give God thanks and praise for his blessings upon us. And just to know that he is Lord, praise the name of the Lord God. I want to say thank you for joining in with us. I know we've been, um, we we took a little break. We had a winter fire conference coming uh, it, 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 this past weekend. And uh, we were out of town and just uh, getting some preaching too. It been, it's been a while since uh, we've been at, uh, at any conference of any type. And so we just felt that we needed to get away and uh, praise God, unfortunately, much many uh, there was a lot of teaching during the conference itself at the midday manor. So NECTN was kind enough to do what they do and uh, did a couple of rebroadcasts. So I want to say thank you to Mr. Eddie Jules and the entire New England Christian Television Network team. Uh, it was it was uh, awesome to get away to to recharge our batteries and and to focus in on uh, an opportunity to receive uh, teaching from some great men and women of God. And I just can't say thank you enough to all of those uh, that spoke into my life here this last weekend. It was great moves of God, uh, great demonstration of the power of God, great word, and uh, praise God, good stuff. And uh, again, my wife and I thought we needed a little break to get away and just be preached to a little bit. And uh, But here we are today, this morning, back with you, back in the presence of God amongst his people. And uh, boy, boy, we certainly rejoice in uh, everything that the Lord is doing. Uh, get online. Let me know um, your thoughts. How have you been since we've been away? I'm just trying to tag, uh, get something here, but praise the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah. And uh, my goodness, let me just see this here. Oh, well, well, praise God. Again, it's 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 great to be with you. Uh, my name is Pastor Stephen Mack, Senior Pastor of the Pentecostals of Boston, and uh, praise God. We are coming in collaboration with New England Christian Television Network, what God is doing uh, at New England Christian Television Network. I'm going to let a little secret out. We are coming upon season number three. Season number three. And each season gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. And uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming up on New England Christian Television Network. Uh, one of the things I want to bring to your attention is the reincarnation of Pastor's Perspective. Praise the name of the Lord. We are thrilled about... Um, the updates and improvements of the weekly talk show, Pastor's Perspective. And uh, bless the name of the Lord God, you're going to see the premiere um, episode of Pastor's Perspective for season number three. And uh, I think it will be a blessing to all of you that tune in. Sister Maxine, good morning. Hallelujah. Hope you're staying warm 
uh, this Tuesday morning. It's a tad chilly outside. Hallelujah. But again, uh, the, the collaboration between New England Christian Television Network and um, uh, Pentecostals of Boston, we are quite, quite thrilled about that. Praise the name of the Lord. As far as Pentecostals of Boston is concerned, we want to take a quick moment and just encourage you and invite you to be part of our in-person worship. My goodness, what God is doing. We heard fabulous word over the weekend from uh, Minister Shirlene Fleming and then uh, Minister uh, Robson Bonet, and then our dear elder, Elder Maverick Lybird, Sunday night. And uh, praise God, a great, great word throughout the day this past Sunday. And again, it's just continuing on. We encourage you to be with us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., God is doing amazing things, and God is pouring out His blessings. Please come and be part of us as we continue to grow in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. You will not regret being with us. Hallelujah. We are at 11 a.m. every Sunday morning at 12.05 Hyde Park Ave in the Hyde Park section of Boston. Come, just, just, just come and be with us. Uh, you certainly will not regret it. That service is also in, uh, or oh, we broadcast it online. By the way, did you notice any improvements this past Sunday in our online experience? Praise God. It's getting better and better. We've spent thousands of dollars on the upkeep, the sanitizing, the cleanliness of our building. Uh, we've been open. Uh, we've, we've never shut down. And uh, praise God, I think the only day we shut down in the last year or so is we had a snow day. And, uh, but praise God, we haven't shut down at all. We've been keeping the facilities open. We thank God for this, this challenge to do so, to buck the trend. And as a result, we've poured thousands of dollars in the cleanliness of our building. Now, we could have saved that money, and uh, but you know what? That's not the way we do things at Pentecostals of Boston. We believe in pushing the issue. We believe in pulling full throttle ahead. Jesus is coming soon. This is not the time. Again, you can do whatever you want to do, and this is not casting shade on anybody. Praise the Lord, Sister Maxine. God bless you. We've just decided, hallelujah, we're going to just, like I said, push the throttle forward. And, uh, and, and God has honored us. God has blessed us. And I rejoice in the Lord as a result of this. Praise the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah. God is certainly large and in charge. Bless the name of the Lord God. As we uh, continue to move forward, we've invested thousands of dollars in the, uh, the quality of our air. We've brought in various 
uh, air cleaning, um, air cleaning equipment. And uh, we thank God that not only is the building clean, but the air is clean as well. Uh, we've thousands of dollars worth of machinery to keep uh, any virus or any bugs out of the house of God. Hallelujah to the Lord God. And uh, the online experience, uh, hopefully you'll, you saw the change last weekend. And as we continue to march forward, you'll see more and more upgrades as far as our online experience. Our second campus is also uh, clean. We've invested thousands of dollars there. Pastor Philip Gillins, Sister uh, Tara Mac Gillins, leading that. Uh, uh, that we have Elder Maverick Liebert as well. They're doing a great work. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they baptized an individual from their outreach, uh, and God is certainly doing amazing things. As I stated, he's large and in charge. If Brockton is a little bit closer to you, we certainly recommend that you visit us there. Again, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. is our in-person service. Sunday morning at 11 a.m. You can join us in person at 805 North Main Street. That is in the city of Champions, the city of Brockton, Massachusetts. Please, if that's closer to you, please be with us in person. And uh, additionally, this service is also streamed live at 11 a.m. So can I tell you that Pentecostals of Boston is offering you four options. Four options on Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Praise God. Four options. Pick one. You will not be dissatisfied. Hallelujah. Let me state also... Earlier on Sunday morning on NECTN, we have our weekly Pentecostals of Boston uh, message, our weekly message on NECTN. Uh, you can see that at 9 a.m., 9 o'clock a.m. Sunday morning. You can, you can be a participant in that early Sunday morning uh, message, and then you still have time to get ready and be with us in person at 11 a.m. Praise the name of the Lord God. My goodness, what God is doing Monday through Friday, if you haven't had an opportunity, I would highly encourage you to do so tomorrow. We have a very unique devotional, daily devotional, every day, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. We have the principles and the promises of God, a daily devotional. Hallelujah. We are this week covering or focusing our attention on the subject or the principle of the sacrificial life. The sacrificial life. Great stuff was um, uh, presented this morning. You would do yourself a high favor by being a part of the devotional family 
on the principles and the promises of God. Again, every morning at 8 a.m. on New England Christian Television Network. Praise God. Be with us. You'll be blessed. Amen. So we've talked a lot here in the last few weeks. Again, the last few days, uh, I've been away. We were at the Winter Fire Conference. By the way, <laughs> I'll promote it this time next year, but um, the Winter Fire Conference, and they did an outstanding job, even as we're coming out of this COVID. Pastor John Petoskey and the entire staff there did an incredible job um, producing for us Winter Fire Conference 2021. Some amazing things took place. And if I can encourage you, if the Lord tarries, all of us need to be in Winterfire 2022. There is nothing else like it in the New England area. Praise God. And uh, God, I've seen him birth ministries. I've seen him heal the sick. God speaks in the, the vibrancy of the power of God as it moves in that sanctuary. Every one of us as children of God, every one of us that classifies ourselves as children of God need to be in the Winter Fire Conference. Praise God. So that's where we've been the last few days. We're back today and we're excited. Uh, we're focusing our attention certainly on uh, children of Israel coming out of Egypt, 440 uh, years of walking in the wilderness, entering to the promised land. And when they get into the promised land, we talked about this uh, midweek last week, how God had them reestablish some of the teachings that they let go while they were in Egyptian bondage. We saw this come about. We talked about last week the seven years of battling, even once they entered into the promised land, they still had to fight for the promised land. They had to subdue the promised land. And this they did for seven years. As the, uh, as the land is subdued, the children of Israel spread out and they claim it. They lose Joshua, the hero, the leader that brought them into uh, the, um, the land of promise. We talked about Joshua. We talked about Caleb just a little bit. And then we focused our attention on Judges chapter 17. In those days, there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. As a result of this, John Maxwell, one of my mentors, says everything rises or falls on leadership. And that's exactly what we see taking place uh, as the Hebrews are spreading out, subduing the land of promise, uh, there was a lack of leadership. And as Judges 17 says, everybody did that which was right in their own eyes. That's never been the plan of God. God has always, he is a God of order. He is a God of structure. He is a God of doing de things decently and 
in order. And that's what we see. Can we just thank God today? Hallelujah to the Lord. He is a God of order. He is a God of the fine details. Let me just say this. If the earth was a little bit closer to the sun, the entire planet would burn. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the God of order. If the earth was just a few more miles away from the sun, it would freeze up. And so he is a God of order. He wants things done decently and in order. He's not a God of just throwing things together at the last minute. Hallelujah. You can look throughout the scriptures and see that Jesus Christ, from Genesis to Revelation, Jesus Christ is a God, is the God of order and doing things properly. The Bible talks about as musicians, we need to play skillfully. Hallelujah. What an amazing God he is to us today. And so we've talked about how this chaotic world, how the chaotic uh, land of promise was because there was no leader in uh, Israel. God establishes the system of the judges. Judges chapter 2. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. So there was much opposition to the children of Israel taking over the promised land. And because, as a result of Joshua being gone, as a result of the seven years, uh, there were a lot of heathen in the land. And these heathen nations begin to pester the, the children of God. And so as Judges 2 says, God raised up judges to lead Israel, to be the conquering heroes that would defeat the enemy or the heathens around them. God raised up judges. Not only that, the Bible lets us know very clearly there was no king. Amen. Nens Martin, God bless you. God bless you. Watching from Hong Kong, midnight here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Midnight. Why don't we pray right now for Nens? Heavenly Father, today, our dear saint of God from the nation of China, unable to sleep today, God. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we can pray, even in the midst of our Bible study, we can stop when the child of God is seeking and needing prayer. Dear Lord God, we ask for your hands to be upon this dear uh, saint of the Lord, Nins Martin. Lord God, we love the fact that they that they have joined us in the midnight hour. But Lord God, even so, they are asking for prayer. Father God, we pray today. Oh God, only as you can grant a peace that passes 
all understanding. Grant a comfort, Lord God, a restfulness. You have ordained that we sleep, God, for it is by sleeping, God, that our physical strength is restored. You are the God of authority. You are the God of power. God, we pray that Nims Martin is restored. Allow them to get sleep tonight. Allow them to fall into a beautiful sleep today, Master. Grant them a peace that passes all understanding. God, today, let your hand reside upon them, Lord God, so their bodies can be re renewed, their bodies can be restrengthened, and that, Lord God, we can go for th uh, three days without water. We can go 40 days without food, but dear Lord God, we can only go for a few days without getting adequate sleep. Sleep is more important to our bodies, Lord, than even food itself. Lord God, we ask that you grant a peace so that our dear, this dear saint of God can be revived in their body. Hallelujah. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Nims, God bless you. We're going to continue to keep you in prayer. We thank you for joining us from all the way from Hong Kong. And uh, we pray God's blessings upon you. Let us know. I believe that God, there's going to be a, a, a miracle in your life. If you could just, when, when you wake in the morning, just send a testimony of, of how God kept you through the night. Uh, it's great to have Brother Gary Ratliff with us. Praise the name of the Lord. Sister Moody, God bless you. We welcome you to Midday Manna. Yes, Nins, in the name of the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's great. So we focused our attention on the period of the judges and how uh, these 12 judges, both of them ordained of God to protect, to lead uh, Israel into battle. Praise God. Hallelujah. And uh, we see how they, 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 now there's five of them that we just, all we have is their name. But the majority of the judges were used of God miraculously during this period. And uh, praise God. And we see the results of that. We talked about, um, we, we talked about Gideon. We talked about Samson last week. Praise God. Nins Martin, you're a pastor. God bless you. We'll, we'll keep you in. Uh, praise God. We know it's a challenge for you, especially in that portion of the world. But we'll continue to pray that God will lead you. Amen. Understood. Understood. And good night to you as well. Praise God. Sleep sweet. Uh, in the arms of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we looked at the ministry of the judges, and we see that this period lasted for 450 years, and this is recorded in the book of Acts chapter 13. Praise God. So this was a significant time in the history of, uh, 
the nation of Israel. And we look from the confusion and turmoil of the judges area, there comes one of the greatest Old Testament figures. Amen. And it's the man by the name of Samuel. When you read Genesis to Malachi, oh yeah, there's some individuals that really stand out. And one of those is Samuel. He had quite the unique ministry. And um, God called Samuel when he was just a small boy as he was sleeping in the tabernacle at Shiloh during this time in history. In the darkness of the hour, God called out. Audibly, it was heard by Samuel. God calling, Samuel! And Samuel would awake out of sleep, and he heard someone calling his name. He quickly went. He quickly got up, didn't hesitate, quickly got up and ran into um, the, the, the older, if you will, the older, the aged Eli. Now, Eli's children weren't as obedient to the word of God as even Samuel was, the little boy. Actually, they went astray. Hallelujah. Praise God. Nins, nins God bless you. That's awesome. <laughs> Hallelujah. But Eli said, Hey, son, I didn't call you. So again, Samuel was awakened as a child. In the darkness of the hour, got up, ran into the prophet Eli's room and said, Eli, what do you want? I'm here. And that was the first time. Eli said, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And so the child Samuel walks down the dark hallway to return to his bedroom. And uh, praise the Lord, Sister Moody. It's great to be back. Sister Mack and I took a little break last week, but uh, it's great to see you. Yes, we uh, we were at Winterfire over the weekend, and uh, we just needed to be preached to, and it's great to be back. Uh, I This is, this is, praise God. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Nins. God bless you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I receive those blessings in Jesus' name today. Again, you have a great, great sleep and find that rest all the way in Hong Kong. Bless the name of the Lord God. But Sister Moody, yes, we, we got away. We thought it was very important for us to uh, get some word ourselves. So we took a couple of days and we went to uh, Winterfire. Well worth the trip. But we missed being here. Amen. Thursday, Friday, and then the weekend, and then yesterday, of course. But we're back today. We're back today. And it's great to be back here. Praise God. So, getting back to Eli. God called him the first time. He ran down the dark hall to uh, Eli's room. Eli said, son, I didn't call you. Go, go back to sleep. Get some rest. 
And um, there was a second call as um, Samuel is tossing and turning and trying to go back to sleep. Um, he's trying to find that comfort zone, very much like our, 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 our minister Nins Martin, trying to get that trying to get that comfort zone, trying to find his sleep. And as he's tossing and turning in his bed, as he's about to go off into sleep, la-la land again, again, for the second time, he hears, he hears, Eli, I mean, Samuel, Samuel. He hears somebody calling his name. He awakes and he dashes down that dark hallway again and uh, knocks on the door of the prophet Eli and said, I'm here. And Eli says for the second time, I did not call you. I did not call you. And, and so this is perplexing to both Eli and Samuel. After return to his uh, um, his bed again, finally he gets in the bed. He hears the voice again, and he runs down the hall for the third time to his spiritual father, Eli. And then Eli, all of a sudden gets an understanding, a spiritual understanding of what is going on. And he recognizes that it's not necessarily he calling unto Samuel, but it's the Lord himself. It's God himself calling out to Eli. Eli realizes what God was doing and instructs Samuel if you hear the calling of your name again, praise God. Simply say to the Lord, speak, for your servant heareth. Tracy Murray, God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you as well. Some incredible, incredible anointed men and women of God are joined us today. At the fourth call of his name, the boy responded to the voice of God. Then God revealed to the young Samuel, hallelujah, that he is to carry a very important message for Eli. And he called Samuel to be a great leader in Israel. I've talked to you, and I've mentioned it either, even earlier in this uh, Bible study. John Maxwell, in his teachings on leadership, says quite simply, everything rises or falls on leadership. Even in the church, even amongst God's people, there should be an element of leadership. We see it with the nation of Israel. Whenever they had great leadership, they raised themselves to be a great nation. When they struggled with leadership, 
They struggled spiritually. Praise God. Every one of us on this broadcast today, every one of us in this Bible study today should have mentors and leaders in our lives. We should have that spiritual covering. Hallelujah. We need somebody. As Samuel demonstrates, hallelujah, his need for the leadership of Eli. Now, God gave Samuel a message for Eli, but God also granted Samuel to stand in the gap and to be a leader amongst the children of God. Hallelujah. Churches that thrive and are having revival are under the hand of not only God, but of great leadership as well. Every one of us in this Bible study today should desire leadership. Leadership is not just being the boss. You and I know you can have a supervisor, and that supervisor might have a position uh, uh, of, of power, but just having a title, just having a position doesn't make one a leader. Amen. Sister Brown, good morning to you. Good morning. I made it. I made it. I know. <laughs> oh, it's just not the same without you. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Samuel grew. Just as Jesus grew in wisdom and stature amongst God and man, Samuel grew. Each year, Samuel traveled uh, in a circuit to, from, uh, from Bethel. We've, we've mentioned Bethel in the past. Gilgal, the significance with Gilgal is when they came through uh, the Jordan River, and they gathered as a nation. The first place they did this was at Gilgal. So Gilgal is a significant place amongst the Jews. Um, each year, he would travel, Samuel would travel this circuit, ministering and, and teaching and leading the people of Israel. Uh, he judged Israel and he advised about legal and spiritual matters. Again, Samuel, we see him at a young age. But of all the heroes of the faith, you know, you look at the great men and women of God, and Samuel's right there at the top. He played a very significant role in the life of the nation of Israel while they were in the land of promise. Praise God. Hallelujah. The transference of power. And he would travel. He spoke on religious matters and legal matters. He was also, and, and catch this today, Samuel was also responsible for establishing the school of prophets. Again, I can't begin to stress to each of us today, there's this seemingly spirit of, and, and it's all right to an extent, but at the same time, I already mentioned to you this morning that we serve a God of discipline, a God of organization, 
a God of planning, and uh, this is the way he wants us to conduct our lives. Amen. I, I, I know there's this thought about just letting it flow, and there's some truth to that. But in the same time, God places a high importance on uh, discipline and planning and leadership. He made us all to be leaders to some extent. Hallelujah. Leaders in our community, leaders in our places of employment, <coughs> leaders... Leadership in our home and leadership in our churches. He has firmly established the teaching of leadership and discipline. And you and I, I know holiness is critical. I know living for the Lord, the, the, the do's and the don'ts. But at the top of our list should be a high premium that we place upon our self-discipline and our self-leadership. Praise God. Samuel established this school of prophets. Let me just, let me slow down here. The school of prophets. Now, we all, we all get a word from God. We're not talking about not getting a word from God. But what Samuel, and I think it's critically important, and we need to place emphasis on it, is that the prophets were ordained of God, but initially taught how to fulfill their role as leaders by Samuel and by others. It was Samuel who, who created the school for the prophets, Yes, school for the prophets. There should be some education. And, and, and again, I don't want to stress anybody, but God does require that we be trained. He uses the word training quite often in the Old and the New Testament. Oh, but pastor, I don't need formal. Well, it, it would be great. You don't need it but it would certainly add substance to your ministry. Samuel prophetically does this by uh, creating or establishing schools for the prophets where young men studied the law of Moses. They composed sacred poetry and they composed sacred music and beca became very skilled and musical instruments. So it ran the gamut of ministry. And if you're in the ministry today, praise God, you should place a priority on um, becoming better at presenting Jesus Christ. As a wise statesman, Samuel was responsible for educating and instructing the people the, thus advancing Hebrew knowledge. Again, I, I just felt that as we're talking about uh, Samuel to look at the significance. Amen. Sister Moody says, Amen. We need a shepherd to lead us at all time. Thank God for, praise God, hallelujah. 
And uh, again, there should be. I understand about flowing in the Spirit, but at the same time, in the back of our minds, there should be a commitment to growing in God. Hallelujah. And we see the significance of that with Samuel. Samuel uh, was quite a prominent man. And I think, and I just wanted to give him his props today. Praise God. As we look at the life of Samuel. And there's so much more we can talk about as far as Samuel is concerned. A great leader. A leader to... Um, the first kings. Uh, if you read First Samuel chapter eight, Israel got tired of, if you will, got tired of the judges, and they began to demand a king, like all the other nations. Amen. When the elders approached um, the prophet Samuel, when they when they came to him, he was elderly. And they simply saw him, and they saw the next generation of leadership. They became troubled. Yes, there is a negative connotation about them desiring a king, but if Samuel's sons were doing what they ought to be doing, the, the demand for a king would not have been as great as it was. Again, I don't know if that makes sense. But one of the things that prompted the elders of Israel to demand a king is that Samuel's sons were acting up. They were corrupt. They were very corrupt, Sister Brown. Absolutely. And the people, they saw the display of corruption. And praise God, they recognize how immoral and perverted Samuel's sons were. So this perhaps is what created the dialogue for a king like other nations. Amen. And so there's a lot of emotions being played out here in 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse number 1 through 22. And they requested a, 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 um, a, a king, and uh, they were, Samuel thought that they were rejecting his leadership. And then Samuel took this prayer request. If you read 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse number 7, God just confirming his call upon Samuel saying, they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. And so, uh, there was just this, this huge backlash. But praise God, I, I just didn't want it all to be negative toward uh, Samuel. We, we see that his son, his sons went off course and this began the thought process. When you and I sinned, it might be our sin, but there are people watching us. And can I dare say that us going astray can and does influence others 
going this now it's their responsibility but praise god when you and i get in a position where we're not pleasing god we're doing things that are not pleasing to god others are watching us and our immorality can and does affect those around us our children the bible says the sin of the fathers can visit the third or fourth generation, even though they're not even around. So, you you know, I, I just want to emphasize, people are watching. The Bible says that we are living epistles. An epistle is a letter. You sit down and you write a letter, or you write an epistle. The Bible clearly says about us as children of God, we are living letters. We are living epistles, known and read of all men. It's so important. Hallelujah. The Bible says, the Bible teaches us, not only are we living epistles, the Bible states that, to praise God, to avoid the even appearance of evil. Why? Because our lives can negatively affect others. We I've seen I've seen new converts, babes in Christ, get negatively affected by more, more mature sin, uh, saints and the sins that they're committing. Hallelujah. Once we step into this thing, let's step into it full of faith and grace and truth. Let's not live, let's not be like that, the, the Old Testament says, let's not be like that dog that returns to its vomit. But we've been called to a higher calling and we are being watched and observed by younger Christians. Let us, if we're going to sin, praise God, let's not be the cause of somebody else making hell their eternal home. We've got to be very, very careful of this. No longer was Israel interested in being God's unique people. They stopped desiring being you God's unique people. I had a conversation with the pastor when we were at Winterfire, and we were talking about different things that have transpired during the COVID. And I told him about our situation and uh, how we've kept our doors open and we've tried to maintain a a a semblance of of uh, 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 of ordinary. Because people find comfort in that. And um, we were talking about uh, different elements and, and uh, you know, how things... But, but I mentioned to them, it is so important. You know, there are certainly some things we can let go of, culturally speaking. But there are some things. I know it challenges us. And I know Sister, Sister Brown is a great example of this. 
there are certain things that we do that identify us as Christians. Certain things that we do. When you see it being done by a person, you say to yourself, they are a Christian. You're not talking about, they're not, you're not saying they're religious, they're Baptists or, or Buddhists or, no, no, no. When you see certain things, when you see people doing or observing certain things, immediately you know that they are identifying themselves as Christians. Now, what the devil is trying to do is he's trying to force us to lay aside those small things that identify us as Christians. No, there are some things we can lay down, but these things don't define us as Christians. The things that don't define us, let them go. But the things that define us as Christians, I don't care what the government says, those things that, that identify us as Christians, we must never let down. Why? Because they identify us as Christians. Amen. And we have a responsibility to that. And the children of Israel because of the other nations surrounding them, the children of Israel were intimidated by their culture. And they said, we no longer want to be distinct. We no longer want to be different. Be careful when that thought process enters into your mind. Can I say... One of the things that, I, and I'm not the world's greatest Christian, I never said I was, but there are certain things, certain things that I will never let go of because they identify me as being a Christian. I was talking with an individual over the weekend, and some of you, most of you, this will sound silly, and that's all right. I, I've been doing this a long time, and there's a lot of things I do that sound silly, but it's personal conviction. Oh, I don't preach it over the pulpit, but I live it in my life. You know, where everybody's wearing these masks, and this is one of the silly things. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but you, listen, you've gotta, we've got to cut one another some slack because there are some things that we do that are different. I was going to make a point, just a silly little point, and it's just for me. It's not for anybody else, just for me. There are certain, you know, everybody's wearing a mask. I've got personal convictions for me over the type of mask I will wear. You will not see me wearing certain types of masks, and I'm I, that's as far as I'm going to take it, because it's a personal conviction that I have. If I told you what it was, you'd laugh and say, oh, that's stupid. And it may be. It may be. Choice. But it's my choice 
Amen. It's my decision. It's not sin. It's not a sin question. It's a conviction question. And there are certain things that we do. And I've just made up in my mind, praying. And I, God spoke to me. God spoke to me about, keep the church open. And we did. And we were blessed. And then God, God speaks. And now there are certain kinds of masks. I will not wear because of a personal conviction. But you know what? Once somebody disagrees with us as Christians, once somebody criticizes us for our stance, we're ready to let it go. Amen. And we are too quick in 2021 to let the things that identify us go. Oh, nobody else is doing it. That's never the point with God. That's never the point. And I said all that to say this. Amen. That they got to the point in time. And God established a decent and an order way. But the people says, you know what? We want a king like all the other nations. They didn't say we want a king because in prayer God gave me. No, 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 no. They they confessed. We want a king. Just like all the other nations. Child of God, 2021, this time of confusion and chaos, it's so easy to be like everybody else. But I refuse to be like everybody else. You'll never, you'll never stand out if you're always trying to fit in. And God is calling us in 2021, child of God, Bible study students, God is challenging us like he's never done before to stand out, stand up, be different. But you know what the majority of us are doing? We're trying to fit in. We're trying to fit in. We want to lose our Christian identity so that we can be identified with the world. That's going to get us into trouble. Israel demanded a king like all the other nations. When you desire to fit in, you're going to lose your true identity. Amen. We're going to stop there. We'll pick up with this tomorrow. Praise the name of the Lord. Any questions or comments? Anybody online? Amen. You can do it. We can live for the Lord. We can stand out. Praise God. Any final thoughts, Sister Brown? Thanks for the word. I needed it. Amen. <laughs> Me too, actually. Me too. Well, praise the Lord. God bless you. Yes, I see it. Hearts up, Sister Moody. God blessing you. You're leading the way. Hearts, God bless you. Hey, listen, it was great being back in, in Midday Manor. We've missed it. We're back. We'll be here tomorrow, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow, Monday through Friday, 1130 every day, uh, Midday Manor. Pray for Pastor. Pray for Pastor. Um, I, I recently went to the doctors, and he says uh, uh, I was sort of suffering over the weekend. And uh, they they said um, two things: dehydration and um, exhaustion. So those are the two things that I'm dealing with. 
and uh, praise God. Please pray. We're, since since COVID hit, you know, we're just getting two, three hours a day, and it's been a year now. We're, we're getting two, three hours, and uh, praise God. We went to check things out because we really fell. Uh, we, we couldn't make it back to service on Sunday night. We went yesterday. Doctor says, hey, man, you're dealing with exhaustion and you're dealing with dehydration. So praise God. I don't think we're going to take the foot off the pedal. We're going to keep pushing. But I, I certainly covet your prayers. I don't know how much longer this is all going to go on. But you know what? We're going to keep on pushing until the Lord comes to take us home. Love you. I got to go. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.